Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, visit us at outcomesrocket.com slash reviews. And that's where you'll get an opportunity to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from our listeners as well as our guests. And so take the time, give us your perspective, and we'll make this show even better each time you turn it on. Without further ado, I want to introduce my outstanding guest. His name is Sanjay Shah. He's a Director of Strategic Innovation at Dignity Health. He helps support Dignity's health innovation efforts, which seek to create, test, and invest in novel services, programs, partnerships, and technologies from within or outside of healthcare that have the potential to reduce cost of care, improve quality, or increase access to healthcare services across the organization's 39 hospitals in Arizona, Nevada, and California. He's got a wealth of experience in healthcare, but what I want to do here is open up the microphone to this wonderful man, Sanjay. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Saul. How are you doing? Uh, doing fantastic, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. It was great to connect with you at Health 2.0. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there was a great energy in that environment. It was all interesting, I think, for all of us to see now that Hims has acquired Health2.0 to see what would happen, what would change, what would be different. Would Matthew Holt come out in a tie? And I'm sure if he did come out in a tie, he'd come out with shorts as well. But <laughs> that's right. um, you know, it was none of it changed. It was a fantastic event as usual. A lot of great early startup energy, passion, and focus on the patient voice and how that should be heard and can impact the way healthcare is created, practiced, and provided. Yeah, I agree. It was awesome and, and really enjoyed the the energy. Yeah, that's a good call out, the energy. And I loved talking to all the people that, that stopped by the Outcomes Rocket. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, we didn't get to connect on this, but what got you into medicine in the first place? You know, if you're if you're South Asian or Indian of, of descent, your family, and in my case, my father especially, uh, <laughs> kind of prescripted, I want you to be a doc. That's and, and they planted that seed early on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'd say that pretty quickly it became my vision of, of what I thought I really wanted to do. And it really was being a practitioner. And to be a physician had no thoughts on specialty in terms of what would be an interest or a focus. And so as, as I was going through junior high, high school, and even my first year of the college, someone would say, what do you want to be? And it was, I want to be a doc. And then I opened up the MCAT and my first day of studying for the MCAT and I shut it immediately afterwards and said, <laughs> I don't want to be a doc. <laughs> so, That's awesome. It's one of those things where I was fortunate to be able to experience a couple of different fields while I was still in college. And I took my first business class after, you know, a semester of pre-law uh, half a semester of education and political science. And then I took my first business class and it just clicked. I said, there's something nice. around the aspects of business and then the aspects of business and healthcare that really connected to me as what I was excited to do going forward. Wow. 
and then you just kind of found your space, business, intersection of healthcare, and here you are. Yeah, you know, I've been fortunate to experience all different sides of healthcare. And so in the beginning, there was a, a local durable medical equipment company called Alert Rental out in Warren, Michigan. It happened to be one of my, my best buds today. I'm going to call it his name, Shadu Jacob. And uh, it was his family, it was family business. And his father gave me a chance to understand how to run a small healthcare business from the ground up. Anything from patient care to billing to physician management, claims, supplies and management and, and delivery. And so it was, it was a great apprentice. And from there, I got a chance to really just go, all right, I understand how to, how to navigate something, including when reform and regulation happened, which completely changes the business that you could bill on a traditional fee-for-service on a monthly basis to a cap service. So you pretty much lost your patients after three years. Hmm. And if you weren't a large enough player, you had to change, you really think about your model differently. So it was fascinating to see all of that and then matriculate down, you know, from an MBA to a little bit, you know, if you're from the Midwest, you have to spend some time usually in an automotive company. So I did, I did my stint at Ford Motor Company for a little bit. Oh, nice. And at that time, I actually found the end of Excel. It exists. I created a sheet that actually got all the way to the end. Uh, (laughs) And I couldn't go any further. (laughs) Yeah, it's like triple Z or something like that. But, but you know, it was, it was good to experience that, but then was fortunate to do what was called an innovation fellowship at the Medical Innovation Center at the University of Michigan. Some consulting in the innovation space, all related to healthcare healthcare and academia, healthcare and practice, and even in industry. And then came out to California with the California Healthcare Foundation, which was to practice not only the grant side and development of grant initiatives, but to also invest and introduce or entice startup companies to focus on underserved patient markets. And had a great four years there and learned a lot about really the distribution of funds and managing funds and the venture side, even though it was from a, a nonprofit a nonprofit sector, but they were real, you know, venture, venture levers. And I wanted the chance then to get really hands-on in operations. And that's what the opportunity at Dignity Health became two years ago. And it's been fantastic ever since. That's so cool. And you really have had the full gamut of every single stakeholder in healthcare. This theme of innovation, Sanjay, it's something that is on the agenda of a lot of healthcare leaders. But what would you say makes innovation strategic rather than just innovation for innovation's sake? I'd be remiss if I you know, quote my, my boss, the, the chief strategic innovation officer at Dignity Health, Rich Ross. And today, it sounds cute, but it's real. It's innovation in healthcare today is implementation. We're catching up as an industry on all of the different technologies and mediums that exist in so many other industries, right? We're just incorporating them now into healthcare. And whether that's good or bad is not really the debate, but it's happening, which is what's, what's good, right? We're catching up folks that purchase things and experience solutions and experience purchases and different service layers in finance and consumer product goods and shopping and even food, those are becoming core now to healthcare. But in healthcare, while we're catching up on all of those things, the key is, is to implement. And it's not just a pilot, but to implement at scale is really the secret sauce of innovation. If I go back to my innovation consulting days, when we, when we played the semantic game around what's an innovation, it wasn't invention, right? Invention is the idea. It's that you built something. Right. Innovation happens when people adopt it, when you scale it. 
So it's not so much concerning around whether this is incremental versus disruptive, but it's about the fact that are people using it and are people making it a part of their everyday practice? And I think that's the key. That is the key differentiator of innovation in healthcare today. Some things are still early on in stage and they're at invention level and others we've been able to go ahead and full, fully really revamp and change and transform the way healthcare is practiced. And those are the real innovations that we're standing upon today. Sanjay, that's such a thoughtful response there. And innovation is implementation, listeners. And so think about that across the continuum of services and industries. We have so much going on by way of, you know, new products, new services, new technologies. How can we implement these into our facilities, into our patient care uh, methodologies in a way that helps improve outcomes? I think this is so awesome, Sanjay, and a great perspective to put on innovation. It's implementation. You know, I had a thought. Yeah. Backing off implementation and this notion of outcomes and, you know, you titled this podcast, Outcomes Rocket. There's something to innovation and outcomes as well that's a little different to healthcare. Healthcare traditionally and the way it's reimbursed and the way it's measured and the way health is defined is for all, all the right reasons on a longitudinal scale. And so traditional metrics take a long time to get to. They're scientific in their approach, they're evidence-based, they're research, they're research you know, in its purest core. But then you try to overlay that in the innovation world, which has to move at a different pace, whether it's for catch-up or to get ahead. And I think one thing that just came to mind is this notion around taking those traditional metrics that are still valuable, still impactful, still the way that a majority of the business and operations run, but unpacking them in a way, whether you call them KPIs or micrometric, things that will show you trends, things that you can measure in three to six months that you can feel confident on and will help you scale that innovation, help you implement it further versus waiting for the full you know, 18 to 24 month cycle to determine, did we avoid a readmission or... Did we significantly improve patient adherence based off of, you know, the, the full end of outcomes on the back end? And so I think there's something to also this, these two sides that are against each other when it comes around innovation and outcomes and starting to strip away the traditional measures in more digestible pieces, which will then help your innovation scale further and farther and give you the time you need to build momentum and a business case and value to prove those hierarching outcomes that you started with in the first place. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea, Sanjay. So basically, you're coming from the premise of the cycle, the time cycle in healthcare can be a little too long. Why don't we chop it up into more digestible units to then be able to scale more effectively? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at any startup partner and the venture partners, and with us being in the Bay Area, obviously, we're swimming in a great market of all kinds of very interesting activity from mm-hmm. venture, corporate, the tech companies and the startup companies. But if you tell them that they're on an 18 to 24 month evaluation, that could be that literally in and of itself could be what ruins a startup initiative. It could right. be what ruins something that was entrepreneurial. So by unpacking the traditional metric into bite-sized chunks, it allows the company to keep hitting strides or the, the innovation initiative to keep hitting strides and build momentum, but still allow you to kind of buy into it and spend into it so that you're not prematurely ending things because you're afraid of the long tail or long process. 
which those two things are at odds with each other right from the beginning, right? You yeah. can't move fast and evaluate an innovation if you're tying it to a metric that takes two years to get together. That is so true. And so how do you make it work then? So if you have such a, a you know, long traditional cycle, how do you make it into bite-sized pieces? I think it comes in our case and in our environment at Dignity Health, what's really helpful is we bring a lot of the different stakeholders in any innovation initiative together. And so whether that might be the operating team, key executive leadership, IT, legal, HR, administrative services, and we look at an innovation initiative, we understand our, our processes that we're going to have to do to get right. something from our initial review to actually getting into operations and implementation. But then we're looking at, well, what would be really meaningful and impactful along the way? We understand what the eventual target is or the goal, and what could we uncover along the way that would meet our near-term objectives? So if you think about something like avoided readmissions, could you be looking at items or metrics like time to first follow-up appointment or refill of initial discharge medications? You know, length of stay, really time, time to go home or um, some form of check step or process on understanding of patient instructions and medication, medication list. And so you start to take what would feed into and, you know, you've got, it gets a little complex, right? It's this process right. of ebbs and flows where the buckets get wider and narrower, wider and narrower until you get to the end goal. Mm -hmm. But if the end goal was an avoided readmission, if possible, for 30, 60, 90 day timeframes, what are the things in those first 14 days to 30 days that you could uncover working with your team, including does your care coordination team have outreach with them within the first week or so? And are you able to do some form of assessment before they get to their house or after they get home? Those are the types of things that you can actually do in near term. And if you look at them and you put them in aggregate, you will feel confident, right? If they're positive outcomes, right. even in those micrometrics or KPIs that you're on your path to a successful larger, more impactful outcome. I love that. That's such a great example. Thanks for walking us through that, Sanjay. I know I was sort of wondering, how do you break it down? And I'm sure the listeners were wondering the same thing. And I'm so glad you were clearly able to walk us through that because oftentimes you have that end goal, but you have so many outputs that are going to help you improve outcomes along the way. So keep your mind and your eyes and your ears open to those things as they come. Absolutely. That's so great. Can you give the listeners an example of a successful innovation or implementation that led to better outcomes recently? Absolutely. You know, we've got, we've got a couple that are hitting the press in different ways right now. But if you look at our partnership with a company called Augmetics, which does telescribing and other supportive services via mm -hmm. Google Glass as nice. a platform, and, you know, that is significantly impacting patient experience, provider experience. Uh, I think it's easily allowing providers to see more than two patients per day while spending less time in the EHR around almost two hours a day less on a daily basis. And so we're creating more access and at the same time taking a task of patient charting off of physician's plate, allowing them to establish a much more connected and deeper relationship with their patients because they're focused on the patients and not on a computer screen. Now, so that's an example of something that's scaling across the health system as we speak. And, you know, it's ironic because that's one where we were the first health system partnering with them. Is that right? And working on validating the, the use case and technology in a clinical environment in the first place. So it's great to see that is where it is today. 
On the other side of the house would be, you know, our recent focus where collectively Dignity Health and a few departments that took the lead helped set up our office of digital that's led under Dr. Shez Partogi. And we really wanted to not only uplift what we call our digital front door, but on the clinical side of the house, or as we transform more to the clinical side of the house beyond kind of search and schedule and some of the basic functionality that people just need and expect to experience when they're looking for something and they want to book and schedule. But we were looking at patient journeys. And on the maternity patient journey where we started first, or if you want to call it an OB patient journey, Mm -hmm. we looked at two partnerships that we've established with companies, one, Docent Health, and the second is a partnership with Wildflower Health on a Dignity Health maternity app called My Baby. And so with this layering of Docent Health, which has both a technology and a service layer to help consumers navigate their journey from what services they should consider, what questions they may have. You know, they do everything non-clinical. And when something breaches clinical, they help that consumer weave back to the clinical team. And including, you know, on the day of delivery, helping that individual potentially get to their room or get, you know, it's a real concierge type service. So helping patients with kids who might have to, you know, want some coloring or there's car seat certified so they can help install a car seat, you know, helping complete the end to end, the physical side. And then you pair that with my baby as a mobile app to support the mobile side and the digital journey that someone may be experiencing outside of our four walls. And you really created something that's seamless and helps improve and impact a patient journey, which is, you know, from end to end, not just one point in time when they're coming into a hospital facility for their birth, but how they may be thinking about options for, you know, let's say breastfeeding versus formula feeding and the benefits and when you may have to consider one or the other for nutrition purposes and really helping folks understand the value of breastfeeding and the the golden hour that we talk about and things like that, that people can learn about and consume and digest in the mobile format, similar to how they're digesting in other categories or other sectors of their shopping. But we're starting to put healthcare in that realm. I think that's really the, The great outcomes yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, right? You think about it as consumers, like this is how I this is how I want it to be, and so the outcomes that we're seeing there are, folks are absolutely more satisfied or extremely satisfied with their patient experience, and they feel better connected with their physicians. They feel as if they've been better heard or listened to, and we're able to also support a wide a wider aspect of their care, from including surfacing sometimes any postpartum depression concerns. Because they have a relationship with more than just the clinician. They have a relationship with Dignity Health and their experience and their partners, whether it be through the docents at Docent Health, whether it be through the My Baby mobile application. Like, There's more ways that they feel connected and a part of their, their journey, their process. And so that's been great to also see more recently matriculate across our health system. Yeah, you know, and my wife and I just had a baby eight months ago. And you're talking Congratulations. through all this. Congratulations. Oh, it, means, it means you're not sleeping. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And, you know, as you're talking through the experience, and I just kind of kept thinking about all the things that we did through the process. And, you know, a lot of times we found these on our own, or we researched them on Mm -hmm. our own. And to have a health system that would have supported us the whole way, I'm just thinking, wow, how cool would that have been, you know? Well, I think it's it's our job, you know, this is is where we are in healthcare. And 
we're not the, the only health system doing this. There are plenty of peers that are also thinking about this format or this view of a patient journey. And it's on us, right, to improve that healthcare experience. Like you, I've got I've got a three-year-old and a nine-month-old, and oh, for the nice. three-year-old, we kind of we kind of test piloted ourselves. I think we had five apps amongst ourselves and different resources, and we were really active and involved, including the right trackers for the ins and the outs. And we had to do a NICU stay because of jaundice, and <laughs> oh, wow. you know, like we made it easy for the healthcare team, and it wasn't a burden on us because we wanted to be a part of that. And these yes. these tools helped us track those, right? And in some cases where we were more concerned and we were really concerned about ins and outs and feeding times and sleeping times, these trackers and these other types of digital assets helped us get through that journey, helped us track it because you're not sleeping. So to try to keep that to mental memory, is not going to work out very well. And so that's, that's the goal, right? Is to accompany the journey that is a healthcare or health experience and make it better and improve upon it. And that's the potential for digital and digital tools today. Love it, Sanjay. This is such great stuff. The time flies when you're having fun. And I want to ask you, what is a focus that you're working on right now that's exciting? Yeah, the notion of patient journeys and its applicability to others, which we're, we're figuring out right now, I think is really exciting. I think rightfully so, all of us in healthcare are really actively looking at social determinants of health yes, and finding a way. We talked a little bit about Dignity Health, but you know, as a mission-based organization focused on making sure that all who need care have access to care, it's vital for us and really consumers and the members and the communities that we serve to think more about the episodic issue, which is sometimes the healthcare issue, and think about the longitudinal issues or the community issues and how we can play a role in improving and impacting those. So whether it's access to food, transportation, educational resources, housing, not only providing access and transparency to them and facilitating those, but also bringing those back into the loop on how we practice healthcare. And so I'm excited with my peers across multiple streams from, you know, IT to legal to population health, community health, and the different clinical champions across our health system, this is something we're starting to really band together upon. And many health systems are and understanding that our impact, our mission goes beyond our four walls, goes beyond the traditional definition. And I don't know if it's the traditional definition, but it's the evolved definition of healthcare. And we're going beyond it to probably go back to how it used to be, which is a person is a whole person. And everything that impacts them is what impacts their wellness, their well-being, and, you know, more so that's, that's really what's behind Hello Human Kindness. So this, the notion of journeys, the notion of social determinants of health are two really exciting opportunities for us to direct our focus on, which also helps us bring our mission and really correlate that with innovation all at once. Yeah, I think that's so exciting. And it's interesting because, yeah, a lot of hospitals, a lot of companies and, you know, a lot of payers are all focused on on this area of social determinants of health. I think with this focus, within the next few years, we're going to get some pretty cool solutions that come. And I'll be looking to Dignity Health to see what you guys are up to for sure. It's an exciting opportunity area because it's a chance to do so much more than just provide, you know, foundational health care, which is hugely valuable. But again, that's an episodic view versus being a partner with an individual as they're going through their journey. And, you know, that ties into 
probably the third area that I think a, a few others, including Dignity Health, are really excited about is this notion around Medicaid innovation and considering that and trying to help transform that into being a strong and viable market in and of itself or the place where innovation can start and translate upstream. A lot of things today start for commercial patient areas or commercial volumes or commercial settings in terms of a payer perspective. And that's where innovation starts because the belief is, is that's the business model that can support it. And I think today, now more than ever, with the socially minded and socially responsible entrepreneurs, with the focus and attention to funding, with health systems like Dignity Health and others that are focused on this space and the fact that we're a part of these communities, we might be able now to include the venture communities that are also supporting these areas to think about these markets, the Medicaid markets being an innovation first opportunity. And in and of itself, that business models can be validated here and derive value where you're designing for a broader patient base that might still translate up to all different types of folks. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's, that's super interesting. I think that it's uh, it, it's an amazing time to be in healthcare. So Sanjay, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It is the okay. one-on-one course or the ABCs of Sanjay Shah. And so we're going to write out a syllabus. I'm going to ask you four questions, lightning round style, and then we'll finish up the syllabus with a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Got it. Awesome. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Remembering that healthcare is a service industry. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? What I said earlier, um, tying yourself to traditional long tail clinical outcomes. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Focusing and refocusing and laser focusing on patient and provider experiences, remembering that both are extremely connected. What is one area of focus that should drive all else in the organization? Go back to the roots of what healthcare is and the mission. And, you know, we call it Hello Human Kindness here at Dignity Health, but it's the compassion and the values that you bring in supporting someone in a time of need. And if you think about that, And whether you look at it from a provider perspective, I know this is longer than a rapid response, but (laughs) if you think about it, if you think about it from a provider perspective, a business perspective, a payer perspective, if we all come in at that lens and the consumer as well, we all should be able to come out of that and feel like we won, like we all succeeded and no one should feel at a loss of a tug of war scenario. Love that. What's one book, Sanjay, that you'd recommend to the listeners? Uh, This is tough. (laughs) Um, Okay. You know, one book that folks don't usually, and this is back from the innovation space, I remember, uh, The Black Swan Theory by Taleb. That's a great read, but I'm going to caveat with like 1B and 1C is pretty much anything by Malcolm Gladwell. And another book I really do like in terms of understanding how big businesses are formed. It's just a great, fun read from a historical perspective and the way this book was put together. But it's a book called, it's probably anything by Robert Greene, but the book that I'm, I'm really thinking of is 48 Laws of Power. Love it. So Outcomes Rocket listeners, there you have it. Sanjay, he just put together an awesome course for you. Go to outcomesrocket.com slash Shah, that's S-H-A-H. And you're going to find all the show notes as well as the tidbits in the syllabus and book that he just put together for you. So don't worry about writing it down. Just come go to outcomesrocket.com slash Shah. 
Sanjay, this has been a lot of fun. Before we conclude, can you just share one closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you? In light of everything that's going on right now with respect to change and potential change and, and focus on what does that mean, whether it's fee for service, fee for value, I think all that put aside, we still are responsible for improving the healthcare experience for everyone and improving that from both a business model, a practice model, and an experience model. And therefore, innovation within healthcare really has no opportunity to stop, has no opportunity to change, and is required and will always be required if we're going to improve upon the practices and the models that were established a long time ago and have transformed over time. So I think, as you put it, it's all an exciting time to be in healthcare and continues to be so. And I'm really looking forward to what we establish now in the near term, the next three to five years, and what we may really be able to leverage from a technology perspective when we're talking about voice and VR and mixed reality and 3D printing and you know the value of potential deeper uses of blockchain and whatnot. So that's what's really inspiring and exciting about this time today in healthcare innovation. And lastly, you know, you'll find at Dignity Health, myself and my colleagues at your expected national, you know, health events, whether it be JP Morgan or HIMSS or Health 2.0, any entrepreneurial events that you can expect, happy to. And feel free to send us a note on Twitter. You can see us on, you know, whether it's through the Dignity Health account or our personal stuff, but you can find us there and we're happy to engage with you there as well. That's so awesome, Sanjay. Hey, I really appreciate that. And listeners, reach out and collaborate. This is what the Outcomes Rocket's all about. Sanjay, this has been so much fun. Every time I chat with you, I just get jazzed up. I get excited about what's next. And so really looking forward to having you on the show again in the near future. And just thank you again for for making time for us. Fantastic, Saul. Thank you so much. Appreciated this. And, and I, for one, love the fact you're doing a podcast. I know our team is a huge fan of them. They make all of our plane trips and bike rides and any other workout we're going go by so much better. So I don't know if I'm going to listen to myself because that's always an interesting experience, <laughs> but do look forward to listening to other Outcome Rocket podcasts. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 